0: Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Ty from Breaker Culture. It's Breaker Culture Weekly. Proud members of the Bench Clear Media team. Uh, thank you so much for joining today. And somewhat of a unique episode. A lot of times, I get people asking, "Hey, why don't you just why don't you just chat on a podcast instead of always interviewing somebody and give your opinion on things?" And and uh, look, I think at the end of the day, folks are more interested in hearing uh, folks talk about themselves and not necessarily about me, but. I, I've been working on a lot of stuff on the bench clear side of the house, uh, a lot of things that I'm really excited to talk about over the next couple weeks, but I can't quite talk about it yet. Um, but I have been kind of looking at the hobby uh, and I wanted to give you my perspective on kind of where things are and just some thoughts on some things that you could potentially do to kind of shield yourself and approach this hobby within, you know, with the right mindset. But before we do that... I want to make sure you go check out Pastime Marketplace. Pastime Marketplace is the premier, premier, and I mean this, I really do, because their, their cases are great, place to go store your cards. If you want to go get storage units, that you portable storage units to protect your graded cards, Pastime Marketplace is the place to do it. So go to the link in the show notes, And pastimemarketplace.com. But there's a link in the show notes. You can use the code BenchClear to get 10% off your first order. Um, And I'm serious, guys. That's some really good stuff. And we've really enjoyed working with that team. We're glad they're a sponsor of our show. So check them out. Okay. All right. So let's just step back a little bit. I know there's a lot of talk right now just about kind of where where we are within the hobby. And are we, you know, are we in a bubble? Um, Are we, Are we going to continue this rocket ship higher? You know, you get people from all kinds of camps. And uh, I I don't want this to be one of those, this discussion about um, should you invest in this or this or this, but more, let's look at this from a very holistic point of view. And let's just kind of see what we think is happening within the hobby. And look, I I would love for you to give your feedback in the comments on the site. Go to benchclear.us and find this episode. Uh, or jump into our discord channel and uh, we'd be happy to discuss this with you. But here's the reality, right? I think, I think you would be, you'd be lying to yourself if you weren't a little concerned with kind of where things are in the hobby right now. You're seeing a, you're seeing kind of a a changing of the regime in terms of who's able to distribute product, how you're able to find it, the prices you have to pay. Um, And I think it's, it's it's cannibalizing a large part of the collector's base and you're starting to see a lot of folks come into the hobby that think it's really simple just to go buy cards and to turn them around for profits or to buy cards and all of a sudden they're going to increase in value in 2 weeks or to go buy retail off the shelves and wait for it because you're going to make you know 200% on your money and and that that encapsulates a big part of this new this new group of people coming into the hobby, and let me be the first to say that there's always been these types of waves in the hobby, where you'll get never to this you know large of an extent, but you'll get little waves of products or little seasons inside of you know a a, a sports card year, where you get like a month or so of just hardcore products coming out. You know at the beginning, I think of like. Back in you know 2018 when you had the Otani rush, uh, which was insane. You had the Jud Aaron Judge rush before that, where you had you know Bowman Platinum. You have people like waiting in line to get and and little unique products. You have you know Bowman Mega boxes and, and all these things that create kind of this idea of excitement. And uh, but you always tend to see it pull back. And I think we're at this point now where you're not seeing a lot of it pull back. And even products that historically were not that great in terms of return are being gobbled up and sold in the secondary market and this this was this was obviously the name of the game throughout the summer you saw it in basketball you you saw it in kind of the the rush towards baseball you definitely saw it towards the rush into the, the products and, and football and rightfully so like, like there there was a a lot of uh there was a lot left to be desired in the football card market. And I think people realize that. And so they rushed to, you know, to go save football cards and and buy older cards and buy the new stuff coming out. So, but now you're at this point where it's not necessarily sustaining itself and, um, it's, it's a little scary. So, so let me, let me tell you a couple stats here that I think are are very interesting. And uh, I'm not video casting this today or else I would show this, but, if you if you looked at like if you looked at a graph and it kind of laid out transactional volume for PSA 10s uh, PSA 10s sales on eBay and you looked at the number of cards sold across all the sports card category you don't even have to narrow it down in the categories if you, if you don't want to but if you look at it from a a categorical perspective you would see that PSA 10s were I mean more or less over the last three years, up until January of this year, were pretty steady, and you would see you know two to three thousand cards sold um, at any given time, and that was that was a pretty normal that was a pretty normal kind of transaction volume, and then you started to see towards the end of January, and I think a lot of that had to do with a lot of the basketball cards from this season, this past season coming back from PSA some hype around the marketplace and then really accelerating in March and April when you had covid hit and you had the backlog all of a sudden being made visible and people were like oh my gosh I got to start really selling my PSA cards because there's a premium on them and you saw you essentially saw from <laughs> from March we even go back to January. January or March, somewhere in that time frame, all the way up until August 23rd. It's funny. like That that week of August 23rd is kind of a weird turnaround point in the hobby this year. You saw just a continual increase in the number of PSA 10 cards sold. And uh, fa- fascinating. If you look at the chart, it's fascinating. And I'll, and I'll put this in the Discord for folks to see. Um, you see it. And then August 23rd. You see a weekly decline, literally a weekly decline all the way up until today, which I'm recording this on October 22nd. You see this decline week after week of the number of cards being sold, PSA 10 cards being sold. Um, and actually, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorting it just by PSA in general. So it's not even just PSA 10. So the overall number of graded cards, PSA graded cards, it's dropped week after week after week since August 23rd, and if you looked at that and just you tried to kind of digest that and think, okay, well, there maybe that was the peak, and we're pulling back, or uh, and, which would be healthy, or um, you know, it's not a peak; it's just we're pulling back and we're going to continue shooting back upwards through there. But uh, it, it's really when you think about it, you look at it and you're thinking, that's a but first off it's a lot of cars because it goes it goes up essentially 300% over the course of of 6 months a 300% weekly increase so the weekly number of cars being sold increased 3x and then in the last 6 weeks you've seen it pull back almost 60% 60% so um Again, and it's not because there's not a, there's not enough PSA 10 cards out there. Uh, there's plenty of PSA 10 cards out there. In fact, there's more so than ever. Um, so the supply has increased. And here's how I can tell you. L- l- let me frame it this way. If I saw that and I looked at it objectively, I would think that's very healthy. That's very healthy. Because you need you want to see a strong weekly increase, and we did, and and then you want it to pull back. You need you need some of this to pull back um, because that that's that's what creates a healthy market. You see the ups and the downs, and you see you know people that are a little sketchy, people that make bad decisions. Um, marketplace sh- you know shifting within sports seasons, all that stuff. You you cannot it cannot always go up. It just can't. It, it, that never works. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt that what has happened with the three x increase has created. This bubble, and uh, we a lot of people say, "Hey, there's this bubble out there." Well, what the heck? Um, prices are too high. Singles are too high. PSA ten cards are too high. You know, hobby wax is just ridiculously high. Um, and I do not disagree. I think there's a bubble, but there's one other stat. There's one other angle that I think really validates a big time concern and. I hinted towards this in my last interview I had with Darren, or we—not I, but we together—hinted towards this, and it was this idea of backlog. And when that backlog starts to really hit the marketplace of graded cards, it's—it's going—it's going to leave a massive dent, because, like you, we. We don't have, and I I really do believe this, we don't have enough people entering the market, especially at a level, a demographic level that will allow them to spend thousands and thousands of dollars in PSA 10, PSA 9 graded cards to sustain the amount of volume hitting. And so what happens is you're gonna you, you know, hypothetically in that situation, you would see a watering down of prices. Okay. So let's listen to this stat. So I ran the numbers. I went quarter by quarter over the last year to look at the uh, number of people selling cards, PSA cards, the percentage of cards that were listed and actually end up being sold. So, um, you know, if there's a a card listed and it does not sell, it wouldn't show up in this report here, and then an overall number of transactions, okay? So... Just, just bear with me for a second here. So if we go back to quarter four of last year, so 2019, so that would be uh, October, November, December of last year, um, you're looking at approximately 132 different sellers a day were selling cards, okay? PSA cards. That's across all sports. Um, at about a rate of 1,300 transactions a day. Okay, um, crazy. That seems like a lot, right? Uh, across all sports, 132 different sellers selling PSA 10 cards, um, 36% of them selling. You go to Q1, and you see a increase uh, up to 210 daily sale- sellers, <laughs> and the sell-through rate, 42%. So all of a sudden, you see more sellers... And you see the sell-through rate is 42%. So of those sellers listing auctions, 42% of the auctions they're listing are actually selling. Um, Daily sales transactions, 2,500. So Q4, 1,300. Q1 daily, 2,500 a day, okay? Enter Q2. So that's going to be April, May, June. You now have 326. Daily sellers selling PSA 10 cards. Now, again, there's, there's thousands of sellers on eBay, but this is like breaking it down by a daily average of the number of different sellers that have completed a transaction. Okay, some are going to be higher and lower right as token average. 326. So again, you went from 132 in Q1 or Q4, 210 in Q1 to 326 in Q2. sell-through rate, which ends up being, it's going to be the high of the year. And uh, transaction rate, 3,800. So again, perspective, Q4, 1,300 a day. Q1, 2,500 a day. Q2, 30, basically 3,900 a day. Okay. Then you get to Q3. And you're at 445 sellers a day completing a PSA transaction. Sell-through rate, 45%. Transactions, just a tick under 5,000 transactions a day. So we've gone from sellers, we've gone from 132 in Q4 to 445. So you're at 3.5x. Sell-through rate looks pretty good, 46%. I would, I would, I mean, oh, this is, again, all the way up through the end of September. Uh, it actually, it starts to drop in mid-September. Uh, and then transaction, you see, okay, the number of transactions, interesting. We're all the way up to basically 5,000. So we go from 1,300 to 5,000. And then in October, so over the last 23 days, We've seen the number of sellers increase to 650, okay? So you're thinking, all right, this is t- totally fine. We're just seeing a lot of sellers in the marketplace. Uh, where's We're going to see sell-through rates high, right? We're going to see transaction volume high. Well, so, so listen to this. The sell-through rate, 19.5%. We've ticked down every couple days a few percentage points, and the and the number of of auctions of of listings actually being sold is nineteen and a half percent. Transaction volume from five thousand up through the end of September to now below thirty five hundred a day. So you see a thirty percent decrease and transaction volume. Sell through rate, we see a 25% reduction in the number of cards. So you think about that on the flip side, you think, okay, we got a ton of sellers entering the market and they're listing tons of cards, obviously. That's the reason they're entering, to sell things. But now we have this point where more than 80% of the cards that are being listed, are not selling, or haven't sold yet. And in addition, we're seeing, you look at this like this healthy increase in the number of sellers, which you could argue is that a healthy increase, whatever, right? You, we, we look at this because we can see where the tipping point is. The sell through rate at 46%, it's great, right? You're like, you're basically staring half of the auction, like 50% right in the eyes. You're looking at basically half the things being listed are being sold. Whether they're at great prices, whatever doesn't matter. Half of them are being sold, and you're looking at five thousand PSA cards being sold a day. And then you take fifteen, you take thirty percent of you know off the top, and you take a twenty-six percent decrease in sell-through rates. And all of a sudden, you realize, oh shoot, like the market is just telling us very clearly, like we've we've oversaturated it. We've oversaturated. It. So back to that point we had I had my last podcast a couple weeks ago with Darren, the big concern is going to be how can the marketplace handle this increase in supply? because it's coming and it, I mean this is just the beginning I can tell you that right you're gonna you talk to anybody right now that is trying to crack into the hobby full time or you know I really want to make a dent and look I, I've been in that world uh, I have plenty of graded cards. They're looking at okay, how can we send hundreds and hundreds of cards in for grading? Like that—that's that, the question they're asking. You know, not how can we get our hands on a few blaster boxes. It's how can we send in hundreds of cards for grading because they realize that's where the money's been. That's where the big money is, and that's the—that's the new currency, right? You want to trade, buy and sell. The PSA 10 of that rookie card. Like that, that's in it. And look, I, this is not a discussion on if that's important. I think that is important. I think it's, I think that's a great direction to go if you want to make this a marketplace. You got to have kind of that that card and that grade decided as a whole, as a, as a marketplace. Like that, that's going to be, that's going to be the currency we trade, and I think we've more or less decided. Like PSA tens, that's the that's the gold standard of what we're going to be trading of flagship rookies or prisms or whatever you want to say. But I think what really concerns me is we're we're already seeing the marketplace tell us that this is too much, and and it's not like it's not like we don't have sports going on, right? You got. You got plenty going on. You got, you're in the middle of a, uh, the world series right now. We're in the middle of a very fun football season. And I mean, look, we're, we're 60 days away from basketball being like hot and heavy again. So, uh, there's no excuses like, Hey, like we don't have sports going on. Like, no, no, no. That's not the situation at all. We're seeing right now. We're seeing that there's just too much thinking supply. So what's the response to that? Um I think the kind of the philosophical approach when I when I think about it is we need to stop asking if there's a bubble. Like there there's a bubble. We need to we need to to ask ourselves more importantly what is it that could pop the bubble? Because if we look at like anything in history with these bubbles, you go back um, and I, I just read this great book called The Great Crash of 1929 and it talks about obviously what happened in 1929 but it talked about what happened in Florida with the real estate boom and it mentioned, you know, it, it's, it called back to all kinds of other speculative booms but the reality is like anything can collapse a bubble, a speculative boom as they call it. Anything can collapse it um, and when when you start to see when you start to see confidence erode inside this you know this marketplace like what what ends up happening is the 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 established people in that marketplace begin to sell and they begin to get out and the people that really know this marketplace begin to move on and uh once once that confidence erodes and those established folks begin to sell like the simple people, right? The 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 people that are just kind of jumping in, and they they don't really know how this marketplace has worked in the past. They follow suit, and and that chain reaction is what ends up popping the bubble. Um, and so I think we we just have to be, you have to step back, and you have to ask yourself. I'm not I'm not here to give you the answer to that, but. The discussion about if there's a bubble it needs to stop. Like there's a bubble. We need to figure out like what is it that's going to pop it. And I'm a big believer that maybe one of the most important things to monitor over the next few months is how does the increase in supply of graded cards drive down prices? PSA pop reports are incredibly important to watch right now. Watch the daily increases of cards that you follow. Watch the number of cards being sold, because uh, you know if you, if you want to do something really simple, and if you're you're trying to track guys to collect, you know, for instance, if you're if you're really interested in in, in tracking, um, let's just say like uh, we'll say last year, we'll say Fernando Tatis. You're looking at his 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 tops. Flagship PSA ten Fernando Tatis. Like one thing I would be doing is I would be going and looking at his PSA pop report. I'd, I'd set a bookmark on my browser and I would check that every day or two, and I would just and kind of track like what what is the increase of those, and then I would go back and I would track very simply like the number of those cars that sold every day, and when you start to see and you can get you kind of start to get a balance of what what's normal and then where does it become you know, out of skew, right? You're going to start to know like, what's a normal number of cards, PSA rookie cards for this guy, uh, to be sold every day. And then like, wait a second, the normal number of PSA 10 cards to be added is a hundred, right? And we're starting to see like 300 out of the day like that, but yet the cards being sold aren't going up. That should tell you, oh shoot, like we're, I'm going to get caught in this issue of having too much supply. Um, so there's no reason to rush. Um, whereas on the flip side, and this is, this is the case for vintage, right? When you get a little bit older cards, you don't see the increase as much. And, uh, you know, volume being sold on certain cards when there's no, you know, new PSA 10 cards being added, it, it, it's not as important, um, you know, so Anyway, uh, so I think I think the divide between the right investment cards. So this is point number two. So point number one, stop asking if there's a bubble. Point, um, you know, Rather, what could pop the bubble? But number two, I think what we're going to start seeing because of all the supply is there's going to be a, more of a divide between the right players to invest in and the fakers. I think... When you have so much liquidity of players in the market now, I think the divide is just going to grow. Um, so I I don't think, and I, I made a comment about this on Twitter yesterday, where we need we need to stop thinking that every rookie is going to be the next MVP, right? And that and that's the way we've priced things. And it like <laughs> we can we can look back and think, yeah, my gosh, it was. We a lot of you know the past five years, people have overlooked sports cards. And there's been so much value. Well, ah, I don't think you can necessarily say that, right? Because there's been a lot of guys that have been priced correctly. Um, it's just that back then we didn't price every prospect as being the next, you know, Mike Trout. We just we had to wait for them to show us something. But right now. You got so, the whole market has gone up and it's brought every prospect price up and every rookie price up to this level to where uh, there's 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 no divide. And I think, I think we're going to see over the next three to six months, this divide start to really widen between the tier one players and everybody else. And it's going to take some, we're going to have to start seeing players prove themselves Especially when they got PSA pop reports in the thousands, they gotta prove themselves if they're gonna move in price. Um, so I think that will definitely be the case and, and where that line is drawn and and what decides, you know, who's tier one, tier two, tier three. I mean, look, that, that the marketplace will decide that. But I, I do think that gap will widen and you're not gonna see everybody be able to swing and, and you know, close their eyes and throw a dart and a dartboard and and and, and hit bullseye. It's not gonna work. Um, And then my kind of my parting words on this topic are. It's it's very easy, right now. FOMO is just running rampant in everything in society, but right now in sports cards, it is running absolutely rampant, and everybody rushes without educating themselves and knowing what's going on. Rushes to the next thing, and then. I mean, look, we see it in our Discord channel. I see it on Twitter. I see it within my little circles. Like you get people that run to something and then they ask questions afterwards. Like, hey, now what do I do with this? I I was able to get my hands on this. Like now how do I do this? How do I make money with it? And it's like, guys, you would never, you should never do that with anything. Like if you're spending your hard-earned money, you need to educate yourself going into something and be smart because if you've learned anything in sports cards, it's that this, this marketplace moves fast. It always has. It always will. There's wider swings right now in prices than there ever was. But like it's always moved fast. It's always been up and down. You got to get in and out. And if you're going to sit on guys, you sit on guys. But if you don't know what you're doing when you go buy stuff, like you, you're, you're basically defeating yourself. So go educate yourself. Go learn what a product historically has done. You get all the resources in the world. You can go look at completed items. You can go look at the sites that aggregate this stuff for you. And you could find out like, hey, if, I, if I'm if i going to go buy, if I'm going to go buy Prism Football, I should probably know what it's done the last two or three years and how I should sell my inserts, which cards should I grade and all that stuff, right? That this It's not that hard to figure out. Um, but my point in all that is for those that have been in the hobby for a long time, or those just coming in, like one of the biggest mistakes you can make is that you overstay a bull market, and we're in a massive bull market for sports cards. No one knows when it's going to come to an end, but we're in one, and you should you should not. T- Fall into that trap of thinking that this is never going to stop because it will one hundred percent stop. Yes, the floor may be higher, and look, I, I, I love sports cars and I want sports cars to be relevant for years and years and years. But like, let's not be, let's not kid ourselves here. It's a massive bull market, and bull markets always come crashing down or come correct themselves. So there was a quote in that book I mentioned earlier, The Great Crash of 1929. And again, go educate yourself on like past bull markets, right? Like this is important stuff to know. Um, And I don't even remember who the quote was from. from. It was in the book and and I thought it was very relevant. It said, you know, most investors that make money in bull markets end up losing all of it or more than all of it in the readjustment of the bull market that follows. In other words, don't overstay a bull market. Be nimble, move in and out, collect what you want to collect. Cause I mean, look, I collect guys. I don't care what they're going to do with price. Like I just, we, my kids like them. I like guys, I like teams. But if you're doing this and thinking everything's going to keep going up, you're fooling yourself. And if there's things that you're hoping to make money on then you need to be very wise and not overstay a bull market. So anyway, okay, sorry. That was a lot of rambling. I wanted to get that off my chest. Um, we'll be back to interviews next week, the next episode. Um, but if you have any questions or comments, feel free to jump into the Discord. You'll see show, the show, the, the link in the show notes. And uh, again, sorry sorry for being somewhat depressing was not the intent. I just wanted to really level set with kind of where I am and what I'm seeing within sports cards right now. So anyway, have yourself an amazing week. Uh, Talk soon.